A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Bijou Podcasts. Welcome to Episode 7 of The Stacey June Show. Today's episode is with the beautiful creatress herself, Caitlin Howitt. I'm Stacey Jean. Hello. I want to help you find your inner spark. And I promise you, this podcast is going to be so much more than a motivational meme. By sharing the teachings and lessons I've learned on my path to spiritual and personal growth, you too can connect with your true self and become the most honest, worthy and powerful version of yourself you can be. This podcast is going to be about connecting with others and reconnecting you with yourself, learning to enjoy the good stuff in the moment, the lessons in the hard stuff, which is often where they live, and to always find the funny in the fuck. Welcome to my chat with Caitlin. I'm so glad that you're here. How are you going? What are you doing? What's what's up? I um, have found myself a new girlfriend uh, after this chat. We, Caitlin and I have become little pow pals um, online, which I do chat to people online more often. I really do love Instagram slash I'm addicted. Uh, that's another podcast. But uh, you know, it is interesting. There's just a couple of people that I suppose I've bonded with um, after I've done chats with people on podcasts. But Caitlin in particular is one of them and we've been sharing lots of stories and she's so open and conscious. Now, if you haven't heard of Caitlin before, you certainly will be interested in checking her out after this chat. My God, she is like a, just a sister of my heart. Honestly, I am in this place where I uh, find myself in transition, right? And and she just has all the words and, and the on, honest, vulnerable words that I think so many of the conversations I have with people are there, but her language is so deep and emotive and, and, and open. And I just adore that about her. Almost just get, it's just like getting a fix of something so refreshing, but so raw and real. So I've really appreciated um, her and just having her cha- chats with her across, across the last few weeks since we recorded this chat. Caitlin uh, does a lot of incredible work online. You can follow her at Caitlin, K-A-I-T-L-I-N dot H-O-W-I-T-T, Caitlin Howitt. Um, She speaks so much, so passionately so about so many things that we face through life. A lot of the stuff that I talk about on this show, but she does it in her way, man. And she's doing some incredible stuff with her partner, Tully. They have just gotten married and they are the co-founders of Living in Love, L-A-V-I-N-G-I-N dot love, which they run workshops and retreats for couples to to better connect, that are conscious, that are wanting to take their relationship to the next level. They have all kinds of different ways that they approach that. Tully does stuff with the guys, Kat does stuff with the girls. And it's just such a beautiful, I guess, um, amalgamation of that real feminine and male energy that they merge together and then also make sure that they keep kind of proud in its own space. It's it's incredible. She is the, also a founder of Bloom, the Bloom Playground, which is 
essentially a home for girls evolving into womenhood, womenhood, womanhood. What can I talk today? And um, and she does regular blogs and regular emails that she sends out. And she's, you know, something I've really taken from Caitlin is she's really unapologetic about her content. And I think that's the way, maybe that's where she started. I don't know. But for me, coming from a real commercial space and finding my balance in this real new, I guess, it's not balance for me personally, but finding a balance in sharing and broadcasting this side of myself has been something that I've I've resisted a little bit. And now, you know, surrounding myself with people like herself and interviewing people like that, I'm getting so much inspiration behind owning my space, owning my social spaces as well and going, if this is something that do- doesn't work for you now and it, and I, I was doing something different a year ago, then that's okay. You know, you move along and I'll keep doing me because it's my space. So I've, in, I've been quite inspired by her from that perspective. In this chat, we talk about conscious relationships. We talk about, you know, a bit of transition of the similar stuff that I spoke about on Sunday on the Self-Centered podcast. If you haven't listened to that, it's an, it's an epic one. It's a bit long, but it's epic. Um, and we speak about a whole range of things about uh, manifestation. We talk about money and, and so much stuff that I think we'll definitely have to get Caitlin back on. If you love her and you love the chat, please let her know. Go and give her a follow and and really sit sit in with this. Like give it some time, give it some energy, give it some attention because I think this girl demands that but doesn't demand anything in her energy. She just is. But because she is who she is, I feel like it's really important that you sit up and listen. So please enjoy the chat. Let her know that you heard her here. Of course, if you love the show, leave a rating and review. And if you're new to this show and you found me through Caitlin, welcome. Um, I've been a podcaster for a very long time. I have a very big kind of radio broadcast background and have found myself on this show really looking to amalgamate the two, to sit in this kind of juicy conversation and the juicy self-work I've done behind the scenes for 15 years and really now starting to think about how I approach my, I guess, my stories and, and my sharings with that part of myself to really, really give that full rounded picture of who I am and and I'm thrilled that you're here. I really hope that you enjoy some of the other chats, but let's get stuck into Caitlin first. Please everybody enjoy my chat with Caitlin Howard. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I'm so wrapped that this worked because I had you on my list of like I've I've done podcasting for many many moons, many years. Um, and have just launched my own show. Oh, fuck, you know, you think you know yourself and then <laughs> go off and try and be a solo, I don't know, and then expose the fact that you are into self-care and and really, I don't know, I, It's put, putting it out of that real commercial glare is, has just been a very challenging thing. But what it's allowed me to do is really start to think with my my feet on the ground about the kind of guests and conversations I want to have that real Mm. conversation. So I don't know how the hell I started following you online, but I just thought I, I thought we would have a great chat. Mm, Yeah, I agree. And that's, I'm so glad that you're doing your own thing and like figuring out how you want to express yourself in the world. It's kind of like a big deal, I think, because most people are just too scared to do it at all. So good job you. (laughs) Thank you, mate. And I think it's helped having a little power behind you for some time, but there was this real energy I felt about a year ago. So it took me a while to actually get the guts and we had a pretty established brand. So you don't want to also jump in and be 
too kind of crazy. I've learned that. But at the same time, I just kept finding myself back to the same place. Like I would throw it out there, surrender. And I would, it's like you walk, if you watched an actual visual of it, it's like you're a kid and you, well, not even a kid, but you would walk a circle thinking you would end up in this different place. But then you find yourself at the exact same beginning (laughs) of the circle. But the catch is you can't see the circle outline. Does that make sense? Like you can't see that it's taking you back to where you uh-huh. are. It's such a trip. And then once you're there, you're like, shit, right. Okay. Yeah, we'll yeah. go again. We'll give it another exactly. shot. Exactly. Or I'm going to resist this some more so I can take another <laughs> fucking walk in the park. What do I uh-huh. Um, so I, okay. So where should we start? Um, well you, Caitlin, you're known online as cat right but is that something who calls you cat and who calls you caitlin because all of your social stuff is caitlin but then when you introduce yourself or you talk about yourself you call you refer to yourself as cat <laughs> so so my friends call me cat and i just think that that's like very good for social media due to the fact that i want everyone to be my friend yeah. but i just caitlin howard as my branding from years ago and i just never changed it so yeah. it's when people address me as cat it's more um personal I say. Okay all right well then I'm going to jump straight in with Kat. Beautiful. Uh, <laughs> congratulations uh, you got married really recently. Thank you. Um, congratulations more so on the relationship that you share. I mean I'm a, a big fan of commitment and ceremony whichever way you want to do it but I think often it's really funny how we don't congratulate the couples that don't get married and are living rocking relationships and doing things their way right? Mm, yeah for sure that's such a good point (laughs) they never get their party but it's interesting because um having I eloped last year and having really come up to this I guess real energy force of what it what thinking about committing to someone in such a a big in a big way feels like I was quite surprised at how ready and open and keen I was to marry my man. But I was quite surprised at the energy that was surrounding us leading into that. And then straight after it. And I noticed that you had commented on that as well. The kind of the real, I don't know how to explain it. It feels thick and big. Mm. How did you navigate that? And, And can you describe what that was like for you? Totally. I think it's like when, when you're, when you've got a lot of awareness around your relationship, there's a lot of like energetics that are going on. And if you're sensitive to that, you're going to feel it. And I think a lot of people are feeling it and they don't know what it is that they're feeling. Mm. And then other people are feeling it and they have like heaps of awareness around it. But basically how it was for us is like, you know, when you, when you come together in union, whether that be like sacred union or you're actually like getting married or whatever it is for you as a couple, it creates this container of love and of purity and innocence and basically everything inside of that that doesn't match that vibration, like it doesn't resonate, kind of comes up to the surface to be healed, it burns away and it can get really uncomfortable. So I found like, you know, the second that we committed to getting married, so that was when we got engaged, it took us a year and a half to actually get married because even just after we got engaged, it was hectic. It was like everything that hadn't yet been looked at, all of the shadows, all of the like icky stuff, all of the areas that we were fearful to go came up to the surface to be looked at. And to be honest, like after we got engaged was probably the hardest time of our relationship. Mm. And 
it's it's good in the sense of it provides a lot of strength and a lot of like okay well now I've seen it all so now we know exactly what we're committing to Mm. but then once we got married it was a similar thing probably just less intense but very very potent with the energetic so it's like we created this union and this commitment and not only having to then purge out all of these parts of your identity that don't sit with that anymore but also like just as human beings, we hit ourselves sabotage, right? When, when everything's going really well, where do we sabotage so that we come back into this space of comfort? Um, because obviously like getting married or getting engaged or even just b- being in a relationship in the first place can actually stretch us a lot emotionally and spiritually and energetically. And so, yeah, I think we definitely experienced sabotage after we got married where, you know, we're picking arguments about absolutely nothing. And we're like, why are we talking about this? Why are we even arguing about this? This makes no sense. Like we're supposed to be in our little honeymoon bubble, but it was definitely this like purging out of things that no longer we want to take into our marriage. It's funny. Cause I think sometimes instead of seeing things for what they are and letting them go, it's a really hard thing for couples to have that energy come up and often it can come up aggressively or you're agitated or there's, it's not a nice feeling. As you mentioned, it was an uncomfortable feeling. So then we cling to it thinking it's something and create it, create something bigger. And it's Mm -hmm. interesting that you spoke about that, you know, because you've got such awareness and, and, and obviously Tully is the same. You both come from this real conscious understanding and do a lot of work. And we'll talk about that in a sec, but I think for a lot of people listening, that just feels like a fight that will never be known what it was about. You know, it, it, it really is, is lost on a lot of people as to what that stuff happens. So can we dive into that a little bit and explain what you mean by shadow shadowing and what you mean by sabotage? Of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So with shadows, essentially like we, we're all human beings. We all have our lightness and our darkness. And to think that any human being walking on this planet is perfect is very naive of any of us. And usually what happens is when you get into a relationship is the easiest route we think is to like show them how good we are and how amazing we can be. And, and we like to, and I'm talking like collectively, just really generally is people like to suppress the stuff that they feel ashamed about, the stuff that they have um, embarrassment about, or that they haven't yet fully accepted and owned within their body. And sometimes it's mental stuff like, oh, I think this about myself and I don't like that. So I'm going to like hide it. But sometimes it's actually really deep emotional stuff that we sometimes can't even put a word to, Mm. but it's more of this energy that's moving through our body. So basically. And everyone will know what theirs is. If you're thinking now and you're listening, you're like, oh, that must be my anger. Or that's when I go really quiet and want to be on my own. Or, you know, everyone has that thing that you're kind of like, oh, I feel this, but I I have no idea what's driving it. Totally. And for me, I had two big ones that I was like horrified about. My first one was that I could be like a basically like I can swear on this. Yeah. Yeah. Go for okay, it. Sweet. Like a crazy jealous bitch basically. Yeah. 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 And I was so embarrassed at the fact that that was even a part of who I was that instead of actually looking at it and owning it and integrating it as part of who I am, I just would suppress it. And the thing about right. your shadows is that if you own them and shine awareness on them, then the shame actually disappears. And it's the shame around the shadow 
that causes it to be so um, that fucks you exactly yeah and the more you talk about it and realize oh right like we're just humans like everyone has this stuff it's just different for everybody right then it actually dissipates and dissolves and it's not actually a shadow anymore and so it's like this weird paradox right because we don't actually want to own it because we're terrified of it but then if we own it it goes away and just think of like all human beings we all have every single trait every single trait, but we're all selectively suppressing and expressing what we think will get us the most love and acceptance in the world. So I had the jealous crazy bitch. And I also had this very like promiscuous part of myself, this part of myself who loved to like have attention and to like be sexy and all of that, which isn't necessarily a bad thing if it's integrated in a healthy way and is expressed in a healthy embodied way of, you know, feminine sexuality but for me because I was ashamed of it because I thought it made me a bad person to like that sort of stuff while being in a relationship or a lot of us have taught whether you're in a relationship or single that it's slutty or there's something really dark and kind of unattractive unfeminine about it yeah yeah and and we're taught like to have so much shame and guilt around it um, because it's not uh hashtag wife material yeah exactly we think it's like okay like it's okay to be like that if you're you know, being very casual about life. But if, if you're wanting to like find your one, you cannot be that way, right? So we, we have these conditioning around um, our emotionality. So those were my two shadows that I was not okay with. And mine, want- was, mine was anger. And I just want to yeah. raise this in case. Mine was anger mm-hmm. and, and it was really deep seated for me. And it still is, like it's still something I'm working on, but it 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 was so connected to my, the picture of my dad and the the real Mm -hmm. shitty stuff I experienced too. So it wasn't just something I was ashamed of, but it was also this, this real acceptance that I, that I had inherited or been taught that from someone I love, but also kind of resented because of it. So, you know, and I think a lot of us find that, that when we find these shadows, as, as you explained, they're very, very linked to other stories, other pictures, other people, as well as our, our own uh, embarrassment or, or guilt or shame about it. Totally. And because that shame and guilt and embarrassment came from a conditioning, right? Yeah. It came from someone saying something about it or you seeing someone else talk about it. And or experiencing the shitty side of it. Too. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Sure, for sure. Um, and, yeah, so I think just like me included, like so many people, so many of us walk around with these shadows thinking, oh my God, like, I don't want to be seen. I don't want to be fully understood. I don't like, we put up all these walls within relationships so that we aren't fully experienced because what if they see this stuff? Mm. What if, what if they see the darkest part of who I am? And the reality is every single person has a darkest part of who they are. And it's not, oh my God, your darkest part is more dark than my part. Like it's all relative to the person, right? And most of us like are suppressing this in our day-to-day life, not realizing that just by shining the light on it, it would actually dissolve. And so I did a lot of shadow work with Tully, um, like leading up, like just from the get-go in our relationship. Like we started our relationship at a week-long Tantra retreat where you know, we had a whole day just delving into our shadows and going through these massive like emotional processes and releases in order to actually clear them. Um, but what I realized is that you can like have an emotional process about something and still not actually integrate it into your real life mm. in every day. 
well, mm. in your everyday life, right? You can be like, yeah, yeah, I've accepted that part of myself, but then never talk about it and look at it again. Yeah, and- there's a real thing about the awareness, right? I remember a few people would say to me over the years, at least you've got the awareness. And I'm like, mm, I think I'm beyond that now. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I think I'm a pretty aware fucking person. It's actually <laughs> quite woke to be aware. And now you've got to do, you've got to go to the next, it's like Mario Kart when you get to the next level or the like Mario Brothers. It's like, it's time to go to level two. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, there is so much information in this world now. Like there are so many people, there's more than enough people who know what to do. Yeah. There are not enough people doing what they learn, what they practice, integrating, actually being an embodiment of the things that they know. And I get like, you know, we know so much. So it's like, you can't always 24 seven have it all balanced, but just awareness, I don't think is enough anymore. Mm. And for some things it is enough, but for most things, especially when you're dealing with your emotional body and you're sensitive to energetics and that sort of thing, like awareness just isn't enough. No. Because um, then we find ourselves just talking about it all the time and talking about it to 10 different friends, this same thing that we just processed, and then we never actually do anything with it. Mm. So um, yeah, like, so then basically when we got engaged, all of the shadows that I thought I had processed that I hadn't properly dealt with came up but like came up tenfold like oh yeah it was right before turn things and it was kind of like scary because you kind of feel like you're going a little bit insane you're kind of like oh like this is real life like this is inside me surely not like and Mm. then you the second you start judging your shadow and saying well this is bad and this should I shouldn't be like this this isn't normal or whatever it is Um, you know, and even with things like anxiety and like all of this, right. So it's all within us. And so initially I would judge it. And then eventually I'm just like, wow, all right, this is coming up regardless. So now I have to look at it. Like this is forcing me to look at myself. And, um, a big one for me was really just like, um, sexuality as well. And like, where was I still shaming and taming my own wildness or where was I expressing it in ways that weren't healthy and were actually detrimental to myself as well um and like we really had to look at energetic monogamy not just physical monogamy right so like you know we're we're physically together we're not seeing anyone else nothing like that but where are we still leaky in our energetics Mm. and where are we still walking around and kind of flirting here and there thinking that that's like completely safe and harmless but really it's it's being a huge ass leaky energy within our relationship bubble yeah and- I think and I think it's interesting it takes a while for that to switch too mm. and you know you you yeah I remember when I I was single for a really long time and got into a relationship and and you start to notice okay so say for example someone walked past and there was like a flirty I don't know exchange like it was an eye or something up mm-hmm. the street and at the beginning, it was so interesting how you, I was so fulfilled at home and, it, and I'd really, really met the man, you know, I, I'd attracted someone so incredible. So it feels, still feels so magic that it's all happened. But then you have this other thing that you realize that must have been happening when you were single, but you thought it was just kind of flirting or being single that there's this like uh, pot of something that you're filling by getting other people's attention mm-hmm. or you know something and all of a sudden it became very clear to me that it was a bit yuck mm-hmm. there was it was coming from a really different um, place like you say so you can very much have this real you know physical monogamy and and you are committed because you're not 
touching someone else or sleeping with someone else or kissing someone else. But there's this, there still can, can be like you, as you said, this leaky energy of what am I trying to fill? Like what's the actual bucket mm-hmm. that is still mm-hmm. trying to be filled by stuff on the outside. And, and sometimes that happens from experiences that really surprise you. And in your past life were things that were not only happening a lot, but encouraged. And all of a sudden it becomes very clear when you jump into a very conscious loving relationship, I think too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, and we're so rewarded, um, if we're desired. Mm. So if we're not feeling desired within our relationship 24 seven, which is like, this is another human being. Yeah, exactly. Like you're two human beings who are now going to see each other in all of it. So you're probably not going to totally feel desired all the time, nor are you going to feel desirable yourself. Right. So yeah, like one of my fallbacks at the time was if I wasn't feeling desired here, I would very subtly go and feel desired elsewhere. And that might look like posting like a provocative photo online, or that might look like just, you know, having that prolonged eye contact as you pass someone on the street, which mm. I really honestly thought was harmless. I'm like, this won't, like, it's not like it, my intention behind it wasn't to like go out and be with anyone else. It was just more of this little leakiness. And when we saw that and realized what that was doing, because if you think about it, your sexual energy, that is not just your sexual energy. Like that is your creative energy. That is your, um, your, money, your finances, your abundance, your security, like all of that. So if you're doing well, it lives all together. hundred percent. And if you are leaky in that energy in your relationship, then like all the other stuff is going to be leaky too. And literally the day that I realized, and I'm like, nah, okay. Like energetic monogamy is where it's at because there is such a potent safety and a potent, um, just a whole different well-being for a relationship when you commit to energetic monogamy. And it was something that I didn't know was possible. And I thought that like by an energetically committing to monogamy, that was almost like cock-blocking the amount of juiciness of my life. Right. Mm. So, but by doing that, my bank account like went crazy. My creativity is like constantly on tap. My sexual energy is constantly on tap. And the beautiful thing is I'm not leaking it out and wasting it in the world. And instead I can actually consciously channel it into the areas of life that I really want to grow. And that includes my relationship. Mm, It's interesting because once you start to tap into something that's happened, and I think often we're very, uh, I suppose, we're excited to work on our relationship. Well, I am. And I I think a lot of chicks are where you, you kind of cap on that. But if you do put the work in, often so many other parts of your life will flourish because as Mm -hmm. you said, it all, it all comes from the same a garden, I guess, like that real, mm-hmm. that kind of growth place. So you and Telly work together uh, with Living in Love and, and, and run conscious couple uh, workshops and retreats, uh, which is, is really incredible work and something I think is becoming more and more in demand as people start, you know, we get shot at all the time. The divorce rates, this, and this, 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 and you know, blah, 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 blah. And you get all these types of, um, I suppose headlines at you that relationships don't stay for long-term anymore. And not saying that that's necessarily what your work is really doing or intending to do, but I think people have started to ask themselves, what does it take 
to really nourish a relationship? Like what, what are the tools? What is, what is the work? How did you guys start to do the work together? And can you explain what your definition of a conscious relationship is? Mm -hmm, Totally. Yeah. So firstly, a conscious relationship, like I, part of me cringes on the inside using the word conscious relationship and we've used it because it's so well, like, understood in yeah. our circles but I don't really like the word because it makes me feel like oh well, this is a conscious relationship like you have a regular relationship type of thing like, <laughs> your relationship's asleep my like, yeah. it's like my relationship is so woke it's not even <laughs> so I really like how I define conscious is just awareness and it's just a relationship that has awareness around what is going on like around emotional intelligence or what are we feeling? How, how are we going to go about this? Awareness around how to communicate, awareness around sexuality and just like two people who are committed to going off and doing their own work so that they can come together more powerfully. Do you think one person can be that and the other not? Or do you think in order for it to be conscious, both people need to have some sort of you know, awareness or interest in that? I think that two people need to be interested in doing the work but the work can look so different and I think especially talking to a lot of women we feel like the work has to look the same Mm. and that if our partner isn't going to go and like you know read this self-help book and go and meditate (laughs) over here and do his yoga that like he's not woke and he's not committed to this relationship and really like uh, men and women on a fundamental level really do work so differently from each other and I've met and Tully is one of these guys when I okay like funny story but when I first met Tully I was genuinely concerned that he wasn't spiritual enough for me I was like oh my god like I don't know if I can talk about aliens with this guy like uh. <laughs> and I was because he comes from a physiotherapy background yeah, and right. is really logical and really into like practical health and wellness and functional movement and like that sort of thing. And I was genuinely concerned that I didn't think he was the one for me for like over a year into our relationship. And I was like having a great time. So I'm, you know, this can work, but still had to figure it out. And now he's teaching me so much, so much Mm -hmm. because his patience and his groundedness and his ability to focus and all of these little things are something that I really lacked and vice versa like I've been able to teach him how to play more and so I wouldn't like judge what is spiritual and what is not or what is conscious and what is not it all is because we're humans and we're having this experience it's just it's more of a perspective game I feel with that sort of stuff especially with men and women um but also like it's always fun to open different conversations and explore different things together as well so Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yeah. And when you guys, so when was it that you decided you were going to merge and, and, and give the ideas and the insights and the things that you guys were learning to other couples? It would have been, yeah. So like I said, we, when we started our relationship, we were doing like a lot of tantra and stuff. Tully was doing it more from like this emotional intelligence side point of things because he just really like loved 
emotional intelligence and the science behind it. Like, and when you say you guys are doing tantra, like just to explain to people listening, is, is that the kind? Because I think everybody goes straight away. Orgies, right? Okay, yeah. yeah some, cool. you know, to some, to some um, <laughs> in the bowl, and then they're going to Instagram you, and you're going to be like, oh my god, they live in WA in the sticks. Like, who knows what the fuck goes on out there? Oh, that is so funny. <laughs> so, tantra, um, there's like multiple different types of tantra. Yes. So, some tantra is like you're going off and having play parties and being like very sexual. That would be more like red Tantra, right? So really delving into your sexuality and that sort of thing. Um, Tantra doesn't have to be an open thing. You can experience Tantra within your relationship only as well. Mm -hmm. You've got, then you've got like, you know, you're more like white Tantra, which is more your conscious based stuff. So you look at the yogas and that sort of thing. And then you've got like your heart Tantra and kind of a mixture of it all. And there's psychology within Tantra. And then there's more ritual and ceremony based things and the stuff you can do alone and have self practices. And then there's stuff that you can do with a partner or there's stuff that you can do with a group. Like, and it's not, definitely not all sexual based. I would say it's actually more to do with emotionality and sexuality comes under the umbrella of emotions. And I feel like a lot of it is built around breath, which ends up then being mm-hmm. what really gives you that, you know, that step into the sexuality part. So I think a lot of people are thinking that straight away, it's all these positions and <laughs> so much about <laughs> that um, connectivity and breath and eye contact and, you know, so mm-hmm. it's interesting how, yeah, how wrong everybody has that. So I just wanted to put that totally. out. Totally. No, good call. Cause I forget. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I'm literally, everyone knows what this is clearly. Like, no, so you're so right. And it was really a, like the retreat we went on was hugely on emotional intelligence. And we learned things that, you know, like the masculine feminine dynamics and um, just going into your own shadow work. And so you guys did a retreat together. Yeah. So we yeah. went on like a week long retreat and that was like before we even were for sure. And so halfway on that retreat, that was when we got together and it was just intense because you kind of go into a lot of your your shit like straight up and you put it on the table and you're like hey this is who i am it's kind of really scary like you want in like yes no Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. So we started there and then the year and a half after that, we just delved into it. We were both doing uh, like attending our own workshops and workshops together and doing online, like learning on online courses and reading a lot of books. And it was like really deep self-study. Like we really committed to it for a long time. And then we popped out the other side and we realized that a lot of what we learned sounded amazing. And it looked really cool, but it was so hard for the everyday person to actually put that into a practice, into a real relationship. Mm-mm. Like you can, it, like I feel a bit the same with the show and the stuff I do as well. Mm-hmm. Is that there's just so much 
that for somebody that isn't really interested in, you need to have a real interest in digging that deep. So if you're not interested in digging that deep, it feels like at the moment, and this is changing with the work you guys are doing and, and more people are becoming aware of this, but it feels like if you're not interested in going so deep and so committed and having some real time, you know, your weekends or even not working and kind of putting in to more self-work that you're in or out, you know, mm-hmm. there isn't a whole lot around that gives you the option to do things in bite sizes, I feel, if that makes totally. sense. Yeah, 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 100%. And um, I really feel like, thank God in today's world, like you can always be both, right? You can be conscious and learning a lot, but you can also just like drop it to R&B Fridays and go out with your girls, you know? Like you don't have to be one or the other anymore. And I feel like there was so much stigma around well, this is what the spiritual checklist looks like. And if you're not doing that, then you're clearly like unconscious. And if you're unconscious, then this is what you're doing. And it's like, no, it's fucked. Right. Well, I feel that coming from a real, you know, commercially kind of big, bright media and I'm still in media, but I felt like I was going to be put straight into this self-help box where Uh people that used to like me to say dumb jokes and do beat the bomb is like, you know, is now not not selling out, but just doing something that's completely unrelatable, but you don't change as a person. Like the core of you and your interests don't change, but it is, it's hard. I think it's one of the ones, the one of the boxes that is incredibly ostracized the most. And I think it is coming in uh, really quite dramatically over the past few years. But I even just starting to think about doing this work on the external part of my life and social media, all that kind of stuff. I didn't realize how uh, how much of a stigma there is. Yeah, I right, like totally. And I think the more you lean into that and prove to people how how much you can be both of everything. Yeah, it's like yeah, you you can be healthy and still binge out on donuts every Sunday. Totally. Like, and, that, and that goes to everyone listening too. You might not want to have to start doing couples <laughs> retreats or a a podcast <laughs> that's about self care. But I I think it's important for you to know that if you meditate it doesn't make you this woo woo or you <laughs> go to like, you go to a course on, on the weekend to try and activate some of your femininity because you're a high flying corporate. It doesn't create this hippie vibe about you. You know, I think we right. are able to, to take something from that. I think. Yeah, totally. And then also just reflecting on, okay, well, what's my belief around these things as well. Right. Like um, for a long time, I didn't want to be deemed as like too hippie, like head in the clouds yeah, but at totally. the same time, it was because my whole environment and friendship circle like, didn't understand that either. So I wanted to fit in and make sure that I was understood. And when I realized that I'm the only human being, I'm the only person who has to live in my body and live my experience in this life, then I may as well do whatever makes me happy and makes my ride easy. And so then it, you just kind of get to a point where you're like, all right, I don't give a fuck. Like, I really don't. I'm just going to go and do what makes me happy. And if that means going to a course and someone has something to say about it, then it's all G. Mm, It's, you know, um, and you'll probably go to like people watch and eventually they're like, hey, I I went to a course. I've been watching you for like two years. And you know what? You inspired me to go to a course. And then it's like, oh, cool. Everyone's on different points in their journey. But with the like relationship stuff, like we just realized that we, we wanted to be like a bridge just like the everyday person who wanted to kind of start to learn and go deeper or just experience more love and you know there's stigma around 
doing things like maybe sometimes going to therapy or going to counseling makes it, you feel like there's something wrong or there's something broken in your relationship. But I honestly believe you don't start working on your relationship when it's broken. Like start working on your relationship just due to like curiosity and follow that curiosity that, oh, I wonder why he does it like that. I wonder why I respond like that. Or you know what? Like maybe we can go and learn something to like make our sex 10 times as good. Like what if that was possible? And why wouldn't we do that? Of course we would. So like start almost like um, nourishing your relationship almost as if it's a self-care practice. Just like we shower every night and we eat food every day and we drink water every day. Like do something for your relationship every day. In my opinion is what is really powerful because when you wait until it's on the rocks, then there's so much guilt and shame around, you know, we all think we have to have it all together. That's true. Yeah. I I think it was interesting. I saw a post that you guys put up, uh, I don't know, would have been a week or two ago. And it was talking about how you found you needed to get on the same page. And it's one of those things that I think, like a lot of things we hear, it's like the awareness thing, but what next? We hear a lot of it. Like you've got to be on the same page. You know, you've got to have joint goals. You've got to have joint plans. But the reality of that is, is many, are many people sitting down on a Sunday afternoon with a piece of pen, a piece of paper and a pen together with no time, no going over here, no appointment there, you know, really invested into Mm -hmm. that time and getting on the same page. And I wanted you to run through some of the stuff that you guys were suggesting for couples, because in fact, it's quite hard, as you mentioned before, when you start to get into the icky stuff to then start working back, you know, it's really Mm -hmm. important that you start those things as your foundation. So Mm -hmm. otherwise, by the time you get into the icky stuff and you find yourself a bit, I don't know, off track and, and really kind of irky at each other that, it's much harder to then try and work it out in, in that kind of mess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of people um, are fearful that when you're in a relationship and you open your heart, then you now restrict your freedom. Like you can't be both free in a relationship and completely open hearted and there and present. And it's one or the other, right? And so people are willing to be in a relationship sometimes if they think, okay, you know what? Like, I don't mind if there's some rules and structure around this or they avoid relationship because like, this will take away my freedom. And, you know, and so when you're, you become in a relationship, so many, and I see this a lot with women, but it also happens with men, is we give ourselves away to the relationship and we lose uh, a big part of our essence. And then years later, we grow resentful, like, fuck you. Like I, I'm not who I am anymore and mm. I've lost myself. And, and then we think that we have to break up in order to go and find it again. And the truth is one, we can definitely do our own self-work within a relationship Two, If two people are willing, I honestly deep down believe that any relationship can work if two people are willing to do the work. Um, but also like, what if from the get-go we, we didn't give it the space to suffocate us in the first place? So what that would look like perhaps is, for example, something Kelly and I do is once a week we'll come together and we'll just open a conversation as in where are we at, how are we feeling with everything, both within our relationship and within our own lives. Is there anything that's on our heart that we really need a voice uh, otherwise we just suppress it and grow resentful? Is there anything that we want to shift or change or try something new? And also like on our vision. So like we have our own individual vision and mission, and then we have our together one. 
And so for some people, it might look like, you know, you've got your individual like work and careers and then together it's okay we want to start a family or save for a house or do something like that for some people it might be like okay we want to travel here here and here and then individually you know I want to sort out my health and well-being and they want to go and start learning or studying again or whatever that ends up being so always having the three your individual ones and then your one together and some people only focus on the individual ones um which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but something that really builds a relationship strength is to really feel like you're being a team Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. Like that, like the relationships have this beauty of being able to gift you something that you can't gift yourself. So to just be together and not use that or like lean into what it's trying to gift you can kind of, um, yeah, like be kind of opting out a little bit for yourself. I think it's interesting too, because when you, I'm quite ambitious and my partner's doing so much, he's so much self-work on his himself. And we both talk about wanting the same things. So you sometimes can really assume, well, I've got that we want to buy a home on my stuff. You've got what you want to buy a home on your stuff. So that will kind of work out together. And, and we know that there's one, two, and then there's a circle that is the two of you, but it can often be the first thing that takes you know, takes the, um, the cut. Like it's the first thing that you're kind of like, well, we're on the same page pretty much, or at least, you know, we've got a few things. So it is interesting how quickly you put self-work in mm. and you think that it will kind of take care of the relationship thing. If you're both self-working, mm-hmm. actually there's a whole other, <laughs> there's a yeah. whole other little treasure or pet. <laughs> that you totally. <laughs> totally. Well, it's literally like, okay, you're your entity, so do your self-work on yourself? Yes. They do their self-work on themselves? Yes. It doesn't need to look the same just as long as people are doing it, however feels good for them. But then also like, the relationship is an energy on its own and it has its own intention and there needs to be work done on that too. Um, not to say that there's ever anything wrong with it because there isn't. It's just something that also needs to be nourished, just like a baby. Mm. And, and trust that it's helping you both fulfill your purpose. Otherwise, it simply just wouldn't be there. Um, yeah. And so just make like a ritual about it. Like I have the best time coming together with Tully once a week. Like we do it in a bit of a like woo woo way where we light our candles and our incense. We have a cup of cacao together and we really just like delve in. Okay. So like where are we at individually, sexually and together in our relationship sexually? Where are we financially, individually and together in our relationship? Where are we like life goals and family and, um, you know, all of these things, like how do I feel on my purpose, which might not be linked financially. It might not be your work, just purpose in general. And then how are we fulfilling our purpose as a couple as well? Right. So really like linking it all up and having fun with it. And you might, maybe this week it's the topic on sexuality and this week it's more a financial one. And this week it's more like something else. And you might do that weekly on a different topic. Um, or you might just do it all in one and so we just have the best time because it just, it gives you space to dream. And like, so many of us are always onto the next thing and hustle for the next thing, hustle for the next thing. And we, we don't just stop and breathe and be like, okay, cool. Like what's actually feeling so good right now? And how can we just let more of that in? I think that's important to say too, because I think often, uh, particularly if you've got something on your mind with your relationship, you can go into those things as a bit of a checklist of things you want to bitch about. And I think mm-hmm. it's, and it's very rare. Like last night, Ben and I sat down and and I, and I said to him, let's tell each other what we think we aced today so we can hear mm-hmm. from each other. So I was like, oh, you aced your appraisal and you did yoga and you would have been buggered and what a legend. And so we kind of did this 
pep up talk for each totally yes but it's rare like you know it's not rare I wouldn't say that but it it is you do need to make just as much work to do that as you do to talk about the hard stuff 100% so you're so quick to talk about this really annoyed me or I need to talk about my feelings this way or we haven't had enough sex for me this week or blah 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 but Mm -hmm. stuff needs to get in there too because I think it's it doesn't I don't think the bad stuff can kind of well not bad you know what I mean but just the the stuff that's probably a little bit more uncomfy it, it's very hard for that to evolve if it's all dark totally and you make such a good point because like how often in society are we rewarded for talking about the shitty stuff like how right. often is it like when we're yeah. with our girlfriends and there's drama going on, all of a sudden we feel so connected as women because we can like relate on this shit. But the second that something's going well, it's the classic tall poppy syndrome in Australia where your head gets chopped off. It's like, no, no, you'd be like everyone else. It's true. You have shit like everyone else. Yeah. And I think as well for me, I think I've taken this ride over the past 12 months to share the bad on social media as a flip side, because we know on social media, it's probably a little bit different. You see all these cheerleader mm-hmm. moments or these kind of living your best life's fucking shit. But I, I think what I did was try to counteract that. But then I think it got, I got to the end of last year and I was like, shit, it's doom and gloom over here. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it wasn't all bad, you know? And I, so I even caught myself, you know, catching myself out, trying to have, a good intention to shift that and and make sure people knew that things are real but on the flip side i probably went a little bit too far and and didn't say enough hey i've i had a great day today and things are things are, are really good for me and yeah. sunny in this hour uh-huh. and it was like oh my god i can cry and and which is yeah. great it's great and i'm proud of that but yeah i had to level it out a little bit oh, yeah you're literally like talking about one of my favorite subjects because it's <laughs> so like huge like I think social media got a bad rep because people were showing the highlight reel and um like pretending like it was always like that right but then we completely polarized and everyone's being vulnerable hashtag authentic and it's now like oh okay cool so everyone's life is kind of shit like (laughs) and then in the middle it's like okay so what if it was just all of it was always okay and so sure we sometimes have shit days but sometimes we have really good days and we shouldn't be suppressing that either just because like, so who's to say that your fucking amazing day isn't authentic mm-hmm. and who's to say that thriving is bad? And what about the people who are on a journey to thrive and they need permission to be able to do so? Like, I know for a long time, I felt like I just needed permission to, it's okay to thrive because I had been so rewarded for having shitty stuff happen because I thought it was relatable. And so many of us are trying to be relatable and it's cock blocking our own ability to actually feel good in our lives. Mm, it's so true um I want you to explain the word in your terms and your understanding because I think you'll give this a real good crack uh for our (laughs) listeners um which is polarity and I think there's so many different spikes off this word but I am fascinated by I don't know you know when you just get into something like first for me years ago like 12 years ago it's like oh the law of attraction then you do all these other work you're like oh sabotage okay yeah (laughs) At the moment, I'm just, polarity is just a very, I think it's fascinating for where we are in 2019 too, Mm -hmm. as women in particular. Totally. Um, But what's your, what's the definition of polarity to you and, and, and do you have kind of a, a fascination by it all too? Totally. Yeah. It's like a hot word at the moment, right? Mm. So 
I see polarity as imagine like a long horizontal line. And at one end, you have like the deepest, like masculine energy, which um, there are so many different definitions for masculine energy. But for me, I would say that way more structured and logical and um, focused energy. And then on the complete opposite end of that is the deepest feminine energy. And that's kind of wild and emotional and spontaneous, right? And every single person has both of this inside of them and they have the entire spectrum in between. Mm. And so I don't ever believe that we it's are one or the line. other. It's a long like, line. Yeah. We are not, oh my God, you're too masculine or you're too feminine. Like, no, I'd like, I've heard that too many times. It makes me kind of want to throw up a little bit. Like we are so all of it, all of the time. We're just choosing in any given moment what's more expressed. And we all kind of need both of it. And so with polarity, um, polarity is a term I personally use within relationships specifically, because I think um, in your everyday life, you're always dancing along that spectrum. But here's the thing is in relationship, you're dancing along that spectrum but so is your partner and your partner is dancing along that spectrum. And the interesting thing is that as men are waking up more to their emotional intelligence, that's probably swinging over to a bit of a feminine side. And again, nothing's good or bad, right or wrong. Like it just is. And so men are starting to awaken the feminine within them that has equally been suppressed just like us in as women, like the feminine within men has been suppressed as well. And then women, um, I think we polarized into this really masculine energy, being able to, you know, work for ourselves and earn the money and do the things. And now we're realizing, oh, right, maybe I went too far with that. I'm kind of wanting to soften myself a little yeah, bit. Like, and everyone's different, but like that's in my experience so far. And so what's happening is like women are kind of finding their balance and men are kind of finding their balance. And so then you've got these two people that are quite balanced, which isn't a problem at all if you're just on your own living your life. But in relationship, having that balance is also creating hormonal balances as well in the sense of um, like men have more estrogen now. Oh, my God. With it, they tested now. the other day. It was insane. Right? And he it's, also had prostate cancer at 36, which no way. Um, which they, our naturopath was saying was she, in her opinion, is often – um, a cause of really, really high estrogen in men. Mm-hmm. It's super interesting. And like, yeah. there's so many factors. Like I think a hormone talk is like a whole nother oh, ball game. Yes, please. So I won't go fully into that right now. But what I will say is that when you're both balanced, there is actually less chemistry and less sexual attraction. But the further on either end you are, like the bigger the gap between your masculine and feminine energy and their masculine and feminine energy, the more sexual attraction there is. So there's these couples that are doing the work. They're spending so much time together. They're like in each other's space all the time. Like, I don't know about you, but I work from home with Tully. Yeah, me too. And all of a sudden, like there's not as much sexual chemistry. And like, oh my God, something is wrong. Like, I'm not sure if I find him fully like attractive, like all the time, or I don't want to have as much sex. And I get to bed at the end of the night and I kind of dread it. Like, I'm like, oh, I really don't, can't be bothered. Like, 
And that's really down to having yeah, the hunger. It feels balance. Different. It's a different hunger. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And so couples who are looking for this spark to be reignited really need to look at their polarity and be like, where can we polarize again? And it doesn't always mean the woman in the feminine and the man in the masculine. Sometimes the polarity can be the woman holding space and the woman in that masculine energy being more structured and focused and the man going and just like being in his flow and creating music or art or, you know, just catching up with his friends, right? So it doesn't always have to be one or the other. You can be any way, but that gap needs to be bigger for there to be that fire. So now, like Fatal and I, because we work from home, like a lot of the time we are in that balance. Um, so when we're in our work mode, chances are we're not really thinking about sex. If I'm honest, like it's just, it's we're, like we're working, we're like in that balance. But if we want to, like we need to have a break between working and then actually being in a relationship again because mm. they're almost like two different parts of ourselves mm. which is still together but you know so essentially what we have to do is we have to have a break and then Tully goes and takes responsibility for his state he goes and let's say he wants to get more into his like masculine energy he'll go to the gym and do his um like movement stuff and he'll maybe go and catch up with a, one of his guy friends and you know they're like oh like testosterone and like he'll go and <laughs> he'll rest as well like one of the biggest builders for testosterone is rest for men whereas for women like we our oxytocin builds hugely from like catching up with our girlfriends or like having like more like self-love time and mm. weird thing rhythmic hand movements will build a woman's oxytocin so so weird but anyway so basically you know he'll go and take responsibility for his state and I'll go and take responsibility for mine if I'm stressed out of my brains like there is no chance I'm going to feel overly like flowy and feminine and like really good in myself so I have to go and do the things that make me feel that way and it's different for every single person so then we'll what yeah. do you recommend if it was to be the opposite? So say there's a person, you know, cause I feel like I actually have a friend who she's definitely the more, she's more dominant in her needs from that perspective and her partner is way more passive and just takes a little bit more time. And it's, it's that real, that real example that you said earlier that maybe one of them is actually more, that more inner femme and maybe it's not forever, but at the moment she's Mm -hmm. way more in her masculine energy, especially when it comes to sex. Do you think that that, you know, how do you, how do you kind of encourage them to then sit in that? Because I feel like as well, when it comes to sex, those particular um, archetypes or, or that particular, you know, you're, you're a man, you're a woman is way more prevalent for a guy and a girl because sex represents that a lot of the time. So it's often hard for, I think, them to switch into where they're truly at versus where they'd like to be at because we've been told that, you know, chicks are pursued and dudes are the, the person that goes after it. And I think both of them want that, but I don't know if that's where they're at naturally. Totally. And and that's the thing. So like, if it's something that you want, like if she genuinely deep down, she's like, I really crave to be that feminine energy, right? Then that's okay. They're just going to have to do the work to get there and go and learn and maybe go to a workshop or like figure it out in that sense. But if it's something that they don't actually want, but they think that they need, then it's more to do with all right, getting rid of the shame around having to be a certain mm-hmm. way and just owning what is. Like sometimes I am totally the more dominant energy in the bedroom. And I love it. And sometimes I'm not. And Tully totally understands that because we understand polarity. And so if he notices I'm coming in with that energy, 
<laughs> um, he'll just like, let me do it. I don't know. Like he'll yeah, just yeah, like yeah. soften and surrender. And I love it. But then other times, like if he notices I'm feeling a bit more sensitive or soft or then he'll kind of take the lead. And yeah. it's just understanding that dance. And sometimes it takes a little bit to find your feet and that's okay. But for example, um, something I find also is that inside the bedroom, outside the bedroom is uh, like, they kind of correlate a little bit. So for example, outside the bedroom, I'm like, pretty bossy like I'm pretty like this is what I want um but inside the bedroom my practice is to soften because I find that kind of uncomfortable sometimes and sometimes it's super easy like kind of depends on I think like hormonally what time of the month it is and like yeah it that is. yeah totally um but like my I I realized where my discomfort was and I wanted to lean into that just so that I could have more of a range in my own personal life mm. and but Tully like He's really good at um, working with me outside the bedroom, right? Like we, we, it's very easy to cooperate maybe because he lets me do a lot of the things that I want to do. But regardless, like we have a good dynamic. And so inside the bedroom, like Tully was never, like back in the day, he wasn't like this um, very dominant man. Like he was very much the nice guy and probably like classified as too feminine. Yeah. So he actually on purpose did the work to activate that wild man inside of him and to activate that like warrior energy so that he could just take me because a lot of the, the feminine's core desire is to not only connect, but to be fully seen and fully chosen and fully taken and kind of like lavished a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and for men, like they really like that activating that primal energy within them is a really cool thing to be able to do. But if a man has had like bad experiences with other men who have that energy activated, for example, say if their dad was really angry a lot of the time, then they can kind of reject that part of themselves. Mm. And the same for women. Like if, if we saw our mum be passive and always walked over, like we reject that part of ourselves and we, we want to be the opposite. So it's just dancing and finding that balance and knowing that all of it is within you and there is nothing wrong with you if you're more of a masculine woman or more of a feminine woman or you're never in a box and it's going to change. Literally, one morning you might wake up in one energy and you might be completely flipped by the end of the day. So not like holding too much of your identity to it and just kind of surrendering to whatever is and then just having the awareness together as a couple to kind of dance around each other a little bit or setting up the space intentionally to, to welcome in a specific energy. So for example, say if you're going to go and make love, like setting up the space. So you might actually say if um, you want to soften more into your feminine energy, you might actually just go and light the candles and have clean bed sheets and put coconut oil on your body and just like ask for a massage beforehand. So now he's providing and you're like receiving. And that might be a way to kind of surrender into different energy on purpose and then outside the bedroom can be different I think it's really, just playing and, with it and I think it's really important for everyone to know that it's not hopeless I think you know particularly when it comes to the bedroom I think so many people just sign up to what's what's delivered and it's just one of those parts of I think couples lives that they feel that you fit into a mold and that's your mold and it's mm-hmm. when we were even talking about polarity and and, and the first thing you said, well, it really depends on whether she wants that or he wants that, because if they don't, there's things that you can do to change it. And I think that's a really, really valid point is that this part of your life and your relationship is there's just like everything else, that there are so many things that you can do to be able to shift and, and have your desires met with your partner and, mm-hmm. and with sex. 
totally 100 percent and that's the beauty of it all and if you think about it like especially with sexuality but with relationship as well like where were we taught this stuff we weren't relationship stuff we were not taught how to be in a relationship we were we just watched our parents and our friends and we hoped for the best and we kind of winged it and we're like oh right that doesn't work or this does work and we kind of like try and figure it out and then sexually like most of us girl like as girls would lose our virginity to boys who only learn about their sexuality via porn and their porn and their mates and so then that's how we're being initiated into our sexuality is through the world of porn and a really unhealthy shadow side of sexuality, not the embodied, beautiful, ecstatic side of sexuality. And so then all of a sudden, like men have shame around their sexuality, women have shame around their sexuality, guilt, embarrassment, like what is going on? And we don't know where to go and learn this stuff. And the thing is like, we learn everything else. We learn about our health. We go and get university degrees. We go and learn off podcasts even like we go and learn this like stuff and the one thing that we are kind of scared to learn about is relationship and sexuality mm, and so it, it feels so silly to me I'm just like whoa like the first thing I did like I was like I like I started with you know you got your classic Cosmo like everyone <laughs> show me your sex stories I need to know and then you kind of like google stuff and then you kind of chat with your girlfriends a little bit but they really don't know either because you all didn't learn and then you kind of slowly figure it out but if you actively be like you know what like I actually want to learn about this I have decided or we have decided collectively that we want to up level our sex life and really like open to something that we've never experienced before because we can so why not then make that a choice and own that choice and go and learn about the stuff and there is so much information out there like it blew my mind the second I actually went and studied because I was like oh wow like this is not a new conversation mm-hmm. and I thought it was because I was only just being exposed to it but this stuff has been around for so long and there is so much amazing juicy information out there that can completely transform things in relationship, in your sex life, in your own like work life and money and business, like all of it. Yeah. I think it's just important to stay curious, particularly with sex. I think there's so many different ways that uh, our money or our careers or the way to mother or the way to be in relationships has that shiny kind of commercially, I don't know, the special font and the artwork and it's all become a part of our society. But the sex stuff seems like it still is that that bit that we put to the side and it should really all just sit with everything else. But I think, I think staying curious is key, right? Where just as curious as you are with all of those other things, they should all just have an equal amount of curiosity about who you are and what you want in mm-hmm. your life and in your relationship. Totally. And something Tal says all the time is you can't judge something and be curious about it at the same time. That's so true you can approach everything with curiosity and that's a really beautiful way to live your life because it means you're going to be very way more open initially to learn different things or to hear things differently whereas if you're approaching things with judgment so for example I I want to learn about my sexuality oh okay my body feels tight this feels uncomfortable instead of I mustn't do it oh why am I feeling this way maybe mean to be curious exactly yeah 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 just lose it all yeah totally Mm. Oh my goodness. We haven't even really talked on a lot of the creator stuff you do. And I also saw that you're doing something with girls into women and programs of, of younger, of younger chicks. I feel like we need to do another show. 
<laughs> Why not? <laughs> so much to talk about, but you're a busy bee. Um, and I'll, sh- I'll share with everybody in the show notes and, and in the outro and stuff that I do later to let everybody know how they can find you and, and open up their world to, to sure. Kate. <laughs> now that we're going to talk, we're going to call me. Yeah. You um, guys can all call me Kat. It's all G. Perfect. Kat, before I let you go, I want everyone to walk away with uh, a new tool in their tool belt. I want that tool belt to start getting really big and thick and and heavy <laughs> in the best <laughs> way. Um, and if there's something that, I don't know, there's something that you want to reiterate from our chat today or something that you are really thinking about that people don't have that particular tool refined at the moment, what would it, what would it be? What would you share? Hmm. Can I suggest a book? <laughs> that, yeah, why not? Is that okay? Um, only because this one book was like a real game changer for me as a woman. And I don't know whether your audience are all women or not, but I feel like, <laughs> okay, cool. So I feel like everyone would get a lot out of this. I just uh, bought the book online. It was super cheap, but it's called The Queen's Code by Alison Armstrong. Okay. And she delves into the concept that we as women unconsciously, we don't even know we're doing it, are emasculating men and then not knowing how to ask for what we need clearly and not knowing how to communicate properly with men in a way that that will actually land for them and will actually understand. And we aren't knowing how to start these conversations around sex without making someone feel uncomfortable or hurt or we, we like not really knowing how to navigate men in general and she writes this book in such an entertaining way like a story and so it's not like this self-help like coaching book it's like actually done as a story and then at the end of each chapter there's all these notes but she's showing women how to really celebrate men for who they are while simultaneously celebrating ourselves for who we are and she goes into the hormones and polarity and she goes into really like how to have fun conversations around like sex and intimacy and your vision together and all of this stuff. And it's such an easy read. I think I read it in like two days and I was glued to it. It's probably one of the most helpful books I've ever read. And she really goes into like our mindset and our beliefs around men and why we think that they act the way they do and how we respond to that. And just like, she just kind of puts it all out on the table and it's done in such a good way. And I, it's my high, most highly like recommended book okay. ever okay. on relationship okay. stuff. So we'll come out with probably 10 gazillion tools after reading that book as well. But I think <laughs> so many people got so much from this chat as well. So I thank you so much for the work that you're doing. And I really, really, really value and appreciate your time. Beautiful. Thank you so much. It was so good to just have a chat about it all. Oh, thanks, Kat. And we'll <laughs> stay in touch. We'll get you on again. Sure. Okay. See you, Stacey. Oh, wow. Yeah, see, she's, she's just she's divine. She's just also one of those people that sounds like you could be mates with pretty quickly and that's pretty much how I feel. Caitlin Howard is where you can find her, K-A-I-T-L-I-N dot Howard, H-O-W-I-T-T, and you can find all of her information uh, on her bio link there with her mail out list, the things that she's doing at the moment, lots of new exciting projects for her, and, of course, uh, Living in Love, the tag is on that page as well that she does with her partner, Tully. Um, so let her know if you heard her here and you enjoyed it. If you are somebody that has found us for the first time through Caitlin, please go back and listen to my new show. Uh, it's it's a really 
exciting time for the show. It's an exciting conversation. I think a lot of people are having these conversations at the moment in all these different ways. So I hope you find something unique and helpful uh, from the show and the episodes that have gone to date so far. I have a really big, exciting chat for you next week, but I'll share who that is on the self-centered episode this week. So there'll be another one up on Sunday, but until then, I hope you enjoyed the chat. Please leave a rating and review if you liked it and make sure that you share with Caitlin and myself what you thought about the interview. All right, guys, make sure you find the funny in the fucked always. Love ya. Bye. This has been another Bijou Podcast production. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.